Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This audio edition is created in conjunction with partners as part of our Market Voice series. So, amid the furor of Facebook channeling the Incredible Hulk last week and throwing its weight around in Australia, a very significant, some say world first, new Australian audience platform was launched by Southern Cross Stereo, aimed at becoming a single audio gateway for the 9.4 million people who are audio streamers today and are predicted to double to 80% of the population by 2024. Now, after three years in development, all of SCA's radio, streaming and podcast brands, ventures and audiences will come through one app called Listener. It's a beast which SCA execs say leapfrogs anything seen in Australia today and probably the world. Listener is the rainmaker that SCA is banking on for its reinvented digital future and it also forms part of SCA's strategy to deal with the end of cookies, the rise of logged-in user IDs and to deliver audiences an intuitive user experience that the company says will trigger discovery across new audio formats that existing listeners don't yet touch. In other words, they expect their audience time and engagement will rise because of listener. So with us today to talk through the biggest play going in audio land right now is SCA's CEO, Grant Blackley, Chief Content Officer, Dave Cameron, and the new General Manager, Digital Audio, Grant Tothill. Welcome all, gents. And Grant, we'll start with you first. It's not up there with sliced bread just yet, but you argue listener is a world first or certainly world leading for audio in the way you've created this sort of single digital gateway for everything SCA does in audio content and for SCA's brands. Why is it world leading? Well, first of all, I think you've made a, a wonderful opening and, and picked up just about everything that we wanted to say today. Are we done now? Can we finish? I think we're done, right. but we envisioned uh, listener about three years ago. We've had 24 offices, about 190 people, working through the mechanics of what listener would be in, particularly in a world where there is a growing appetite for consumption of audio. And I think what consumers um, were seeing was a very bespoke um, group of products in the marketplace and nothing that specifically dealt with the world of audio. Uh, there were products that dealt with certain parts of audio, whether that be radio, podcasting, music, news and information. What we've brought together is a single ecosystem and that ecosystem is very intuitive, it's simple, it'll create personalised feeds and it'll aggregate all of the listening of all of that product in one easy accessible place. Behind that, of course, is a machine that says we have a logged in user so we all of a sudden have audiences at scale where we can uh, start to open up a very scaled proposition for our advertising market and that market will be able to learn from the insights and behaviours that we see uh, on an active level and have a you know first-party data relationship uh, with those audiences. So I think the time was right to organise the audio world. I think the time was right for us to lean in given the considerable assets we have across each of those particular divisions. And we also needed to surprise and delight uh, in terms of product that you wouldn't first associate with maybe radio or podcasting, and we've been able to, to do that as well. So listener, you know, is at the centre of the business, I think you just mentioned. That is absolutely true. Our entire strategy of the company moving forward will be implemented on the back of a digital 
audio-first model. Well, don't nick my next question, Grant Blackley, because the my next apologies. question is that this is a big a big bet, right? SCA's entire sort of future is, is, is orbiting around listener. Is that an, an overstatement or about right? No, I think it's about right. Um, as we move forward, we, you know, we lead in terms of our linear audio products. Uh, we need to lead uh, the marketplace, uh, hence the development and launch of listener in digital audio as well. Um, and we must remember that, you know, we're not producing any more uh, products called pure radios um, for the most part. Everyone's consuming on an IP-enabled device and marketers want access to IP-enabled uh, known audiences to actually be able to target those people in a more direct manner um, and a conducive manner that people are willing to actually pay a premium for. So at the moment, Grant, it's going back to the sort of the world-leading argument is that you do see lots of individual apps from radio stations and broadcasters and, and podcast um, sort of ventures and so forth, um, but we've not yet seen something where everything's bundled, right? And I think this is the, sort of the point you're, you're, you're going to about what listener is. That's correct. We've got relationships all around the world throughout, the, throughout Europe, the US. You know, we obviously know Australia well and New Zealand. And interesting enough, we couldn't find a product that actually served this need. So where there is a problem and a need, there is an opportunity. So the development of Listener is a world first. Talking with a number of parties over in the US in the past week as we were getting preparing for launch, they said, this is the most simple product we have found and seen that fundamentally serves a consumer need. And it's so simple, it'll be highly successful. And this is, I think Silicon Valley people are even saying this, aren't they? That's correct. Uh, two people out of Silicon Valley, uh, some of our other partners out of New York and LA um, that we deal with on a regular basis. And everyone's trying to be solved for this problem. And fundamentally, as I said, we've had a roadmap of development here over three years with four different iterations before we get to today. So I don't think anyone can duplicate the size, scale and complexity of this product in a very short period of time, unless, of course, they started about three years ago. So our product and technology teams have spent the best part of uh, 12 months, but it, there was two years of strategic development and testing to get us to that point. So this has been a very long and um, fruitful journey. We were delighted with what we call the minimum viable product on launch and what you're going to see over the course of the next months uh, and I guess quarters is a rapid development of functionality and content. Uh, but we also ensure, um, we want to make sure that we actually get feedback from our customers and listeners to ensure that we're actually reacting to what they like about our product and service and what their needs are. What What is the closest thing that Listener gets to anywhere globally, Grant? I mean, my team at MI3, I think, sort of labelled, put a, a Spotify label on it, which I'm sure you loved, not broadly. What's it What's it closest to? I don't think we've seen anything of this nature. Actually, I, I can't compare it with anything, and we did try to compare it in the early days until we worked out that there wasn't a viable product in the world. We've looked a lot and spoken with a lot uh, with the BBC and their executives. Uh, they've launched some product which is not dissimilar in trying to aggregate all of the brands of the BBC. But even to that end, they haven't accomplished what we've accomplished there last week. I look at, say, something like the ABC Listen app, but it doesn't have the intuitive stuff that you're talking about doing as well with sort of listener um, preferences and viewing, understanding moods and a whole bunch of things. So there is some things we'll get to uh, with the rest of the team here uh, to talk about it because it is quite interesting. Just quickly, Grant, uh, the current uh, SCA digital audience, uh, where where is it now and where could it get to in a couple of years? What are you expecting listener to do for you? I think what Listener will do is uh, we talk about aggregation of our, our audience. We have a very sizable audience at this point in time. 
Uh, we have over 5 million streams of uh, live radio uh, any given week. Uh, our reach is enormous. We get up to about 10, 10 million Australians every week. We have a substantial amount of podcast downloads on a weekly basis and monthly basis and, and lead the market in premium podcasting. The issue is that all of those reside in certain cells. and We're going to bring that all together as one house. That's the difference. That's the big difference. But that doesn't sort of tell me what you what you think the, the audience could get to, Grant Black. It was a nice tap dance. It was a nice tap dance, and I'm not going to share with you our fiscal or targets, but what I will say is that we firmly believe that we are going into new territory at scale, and over the next one, two, three, and five years, I think what we're going to do, as we've seen with digital engagement, we've we've seen a rapid uh, development of listening behaviour. I think that's been accelerated through COVID, and what we are seeing is growth rates of about a hundred percent on a hundred percent on a hundred percent. Right, and, and I was going to get you into a corner. It Sorry. is going to be very scaled product. Right, but I'm not going to give you a target. At this no, point but in time. I'd imagine you'd meet. You'd like to at least think you'd meet market growth. And if we talked about earlier that there's a market growth that's going to double in the next by 2024, I'd expect that it's reasonable for for me to assume that you would match that market growth. I think we'll be hopefully leading that market growth, um, and I would expect that we would be above market growth. So that's above double in the next two, by 2024. Yes. Gee, it's hard work getting those good answers from you, Grant Blackley. But nevertheless, first mover advantage. This does give you, um, you know, you'll be chomping at the bit to sort of say that this is a really, really uh, big move, first mover advantage for SCA in in the Australian market. True. Good. Next question. Um, This gets you to a post-cookie uh, world and everyone's talking about how you know cookies are dead and IDs and logged in IDs and people based marketing is is kind of where it's going. Again, this ticks the, this looks like it ticks the box. Listen, it ticks the ticks the box on this. What sort of stuff are you going to be able to gather on uh, understanding how, how your audience is behaving and who they are and who they are? I think you know there's one thing to know what the critical numbers of people are um, in a in a logged in environment, but we want to understand their behaviours, their preferences, um, and we want to be able to fashion that intuitively towards what our customers, being not only the listeners but also our advertisers, are fundamentally uh, aiming to achieve. So I think there's a myriad of opportunities here for us to develop um, a large data pool um, that is privacy safe on the way through that effectively does create that insurance for the company that allows us, you're right, in a post-cookies environment, to have that one-to-one relationship with our with our listeners and our advertisers. And I think that's vital in today's market where so many things are changing so quickly. Um, and in doing that, people are not in control of their own destiny. We will be in control of our own destiny. The final one before I get to you, to the to the rest of the panellists here, Grant, is uh, when do you expect listener will have a material impact on audience and revenues for SCA? Three years ago, we it was actually 2017, we created from the Standing Start Podcast One. We made a $5 million investment. It paid back and became cash flow positive about two and a half years into that model, which was ahead of plan. We are making not dissimilar investments um, within Listener, remembering now that as it sits in the middle of the business, inherently a lot of the costs that reside within the business can actually be now focused on the Listener product and the development of content. We have the studios, we have the infrastructure, we have the relationships. Uh, We do need to surprise and delight and spend on that as well as marketing. But I would hasten to add that I think this will have a material impact within the next two to three years uh, on our business. And I think we'll challenge ourselves at that point in time, particularly for our investment community, to start talking about 
that as a line item in our accounts as opposed to just audio because I think we'll be enormously proud and once it becomes a, um, a contribution of that measure, fundamentally the valuation of our company, given it our digital posture, must only improve. Dave Cameron, Chief Content Officer, we've talked about strategy and technology, but content still fuels the engines. Listeners, not a classic broadcast play though. So, so how different is, this, is the content structured on Listener to how it's typically delivered, uh, say, in a broadcast context? So what we're used to, is it, is it, how different is it? Yeah, great. Thanks. Good question, Paul. Um, so in essence, as Grant said, it's an ultimate destination of every single piece of content we create and now curate uh, into into one destination. So um, we uh, we pillarise that into four key areas being radio uh, and the live streaming aspect of that, um, podcasts uh, being both um, radio podcasts and uh, our original bespoke uh, premium uh, podcast uh, content, uh, a music offering, which is a pretty exciting thing for us to uh, step into, uh, and uh, then a very... Um, uh, interesting news pillar where we start to create uh, news specific to all of the communities that we um, exist in, whether that's news headlines, whether that's crime watch um, uh, segments um, or or other um, areas of news that we will start to deliver uh, specific localised content to. So in terms of um, how y- your question around how we structure that, look, we're, we're delivering content um in a very different way to how we've previously delivered uh, in a uh, from our original network apps. Um, this is very much a personalised experience. This this app doesn't care for whether you're a Triple M listener or a Hit listener or just a Hamish and Andy fan because it covers all of that and it, it's able to curate uh, curate everything for you in your own personalised feed. So, you know, an example would, uh, of that would be that you may be the biggest Marty Sheargold listener um, plus a Hamish and Andy fan. Um, you may love uh, Linda Mariano from her existing uh, days in, in another network and now, you know, creating a, a new original um, music show for us and then back into a Carrie and Tommy podcast. It doesn't matter that you're you're not loyal to a network. This is all about personal choice and this is about curation based on how you want to consume your entertainment um, on a daily basis. It allows for your own personal feed uh, and I think that's what's the uh, that's the really exciting part of this. It is very new world digital, isn't it? Because it's uh, it's personalised, as you say, Dave. Um, the thing that sort of is a bit of a tease there, I think you, you said, is the music pillar. Now, what's going on there? What are you up to in music? Can you are you ready to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can already see, you know, four great marquee uh, music brands that we've created with multiple uh, episodes. Um, on each of those. And we've got, uh, as I mentioned, Linda uh, Mariano from Triple J fame uh, that's uh, delivering a a brand new uh, music offering for us. What that is, is that's really playing, I think, to our expertise in creating content. This is really delving into an archive of 40 years of back catalogue music content that we we've archived along the way. And uh, most of the time, we haven't been able to rebroadcast uh, a lot of that content. Well, this now gives us an opportunity to create bespoke original music programming exclusive to this platform that uh, allows uh, a lot of that 40-year-old archive of content to to live and breathe and be discovered in, in a new way. 
Dave, what are you expecting um, with, with this sort of change up and how you how you've sort of essentially structured structured your your, your sort of uh, your content? What are you expecting in terms of new audience discovery and changes to listing habits? Are they going to consume new stuff because of listener, uh, or are they going to go straight to what they have done traditionally and not move? Naturally, when you start to house everything we create, regardless of network or regardless of it existing in podcast form, uh, when you start to house it in one place, that naturally um, allows people to go on a bit of a journey of discovery, I guess. Uh, It allows for cross-pollination of uh, audio product that we've never been able to have before. Um, we're now lo- no longer saying you must be specific to a network to get that kind of content. The the way we will cross pollinate um, across um, live, across across podcast, across music uh, will be very different from what we've ever done before. So that naturally, I think, allows us to. Um, have audiences that will migrate onto this platform and keep them there for longer and allow them to go into uh, to rabbit holes of, of, of content discovery and, and recommendation as they start to listen to a show and hear something else that might be recommended to them in, in that product. Can I put you on the spot? Time spent increases by what would be a, a good number that you'd like to see? 10%, 20%? Big. Big. <laughs> Grant's the man with a figure, so I might throw back to him on that one. Figure I'm going to get nowhere there, but I'll try. You ready? Um, Grant, what do you think would be the time spent increase uh, from, this, from this listener app? I think you'll get about a 30% increase. Okay. And the reason I say that with some level of confidence is – just remember what's in the middle of this initial launch uh, in the ecosystem. You've got 100 live radio stations. You've got 100 global, national and local premium podcasts. You'll have uh, timeless and timely podcasts, as we, as we call them. You will have, and Dave didn't mention this in our music pillar, but 15 new linear live streaming music stations, which will cater to a you know, vast array of moods and genres. You'll have... Four new music shows that Dave did uh, mention. But on top of that, you'll have 30 new news and information short-form podcasts across an initial 15 regions that will be a daily uh, event and actually update people on what's happening, news, sport, crime, information um, localised to that community and visitors to that community. So all of a sudden you've got someone walking in the front door, normally going to the first bedroom, and what you've got is a house full of content. And in that house, I think people, as Dave rightly put forward, will be drawn to certain things that they didn't expect to be drawn to. They'll engage with that. It'll become part of their audio repertoire and preferences. Uh, we'll be making recommendations and on top of that. And all of a sudden, I think that, I guess that time spent listening within the house naturally must increase. And the more you engage and the more you like, the more this product will remember and serve it again in the order you want, in a very personalised basis, but also make recommendations of other things in the house. And this is the minimum viable product we're launching today. So add to that um, more product that we've got in the pipeline. And what you're going to see is a wealth of content. So we, sh- we could become the, you know, the audio destination of each individual. Um, and that's really quite important for us. Dave did mention when you come to listener, you might be your personal preferences, which might be cross brands that, that are in your portfolio. So does listener represent some sort of reweighting of how you view your individual brands at SCA, whether they be Triple M and beyond? So what happens to the brands? Everyone's got a brand preference. So if you have been consuming the hit network Triple M or 
the Hamish and Andy podcast. Naturally, we don't want that to change. So, But what I think what Listener does is it's an equaliser. So the product that we have in DAB with streaming stations, whether it be Triple M Country, which mightn't have been known to certain audiences, all of a sudden they're going to find those channels. They're going to find new streaming channels based on a mood or genre that actually might appeal to them that otherwise they had to go to another provider to achieve. So I think what this does is equalise um, all of the brands um, within the family of uh, or the house of brands that we have. It's not to say we won't have preferences. It won't. Dis- it's not to say we won't continue to market in the manner we've always marketed our linear assets of of radio um, or podcasting. But I do think this opens up uh, a level of equality um, within the framework of the house, and I think that has enormous benefits for listeners um, and advertisers. You do have a bit of um, multiple choice to deal with, though, Grant, because you, you've got a choice between promoting and marketing listener and promoting and marketing your indiv- individual brands as well. So I, I'd imagine that you would prioritise listener at the moment to get the momentum going, though. I'll let Dave talk to that. Uh, Dave, which where are you going with your pre- brand preference? Oh, look, I think the balance of messages is always a challenge. Um, I think that listener is complementary to both Triple M and, uh, and hit brands from a broadcast point of view. Um, so... Um, while I, I think it's 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 a uh, it's a gentle and delicate balance to get that right specifically on air in terms of promotion, um, I don't think it sounds um, uh, difficult for us to convey that you can hear your favourite radio show uh, or your favourite Fox show um, on Listener. It's quite an easy one to uh, for our audience to digest. Right, we are running out of time. So, Dave, one more question for you, which is. You do have some, and I think both of you have alluded to it, you do have some, some, some new content initiatives, initiatives coming down the pot. What could they look like and what's driving those developments? Tell it all. Well, I won't tell it all, but um, we will be aggressive uh, with plans to continue to uh, deliver new content right across radio, podcast, music and news um, over coming quarters. I'll probably target three specific areas where I think we will be able to deliver something really interesting and that is uh, you will start to hear our broadcast talent deliver, I guess, what we would deem side projects off their main uh, radio shows. Um, you know, Carrie has already delivered uh, the Brains Trust, which has been fantastic for us. So you, I think you'll start to hear more of uh, more original content, non-broadcast content from our, uh, our roster of um, talent. Um, secondly, I think you will start to hear us play more in the digital first broadcast later space. Now, that's that's a really different reverse uh, engineering way of, of radio, which is traditionally broadcast, and then you get your podcast later. Um, we're already dabbling in that with um, some of our key uh, rush hour drive shows across the country now, where we're giving it uh, the show to our audience um, in a digital first um, opportunity hours before it gets um, broadcast. So um, very different from that perspective. I think that will be an area and an opportunity for us to continue to to showcase listener. And thirdly, and this will, you know, some announcements are imminent um, in regards to some original live um, programming uh, that you will hear um, exclusive to listener. We've worked a lot and hard in um, trying to understand how we can deliver daily product um, in a podcast form from Matt and Alex and the briefing. And I think, you know, that has given us some some really interesting new ways to be able to think about how we would deliver original live programming that's not broadcast, but it's specifically on this platform. 
uh, and I think uh, you will see some some interesting announcements imminently. Well, that's, that's a good lineup, and I guess my last question is: so, just tell us a few of those top secret projects you haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> no, okay, we're not going to go there. I think it's fair to say that things like the examples Dave just gave us have given us the confidence to play outside the square, and I think. You know, we don't want to channel ourselves down as, well, that's just radio reinvented. We want to challenge ourselves to how do we satisfy um, audio consumption needs um, and wants in a way that people haven't envisaged today. And I think that's a wonderful opportunity. So the brief is wide. uh, It is bold. It will be different. um, And what we need to do is curate it expertly, which uh, we're known for, market it aggressively, and repeat and improve. Well, it doesn't sound like it's a historical linear journey you're on, uh, Grant Blackley, does it, if you're starting to sort of do all those sort of very different things? It's, Not um, at all. It's very interesting. Um, Grant Tottle, you, sort of, uh, you're the shiny new toy really for the last three years, haven't you? You've been sort of running this super exciting, sexy thing called podcasting, which everyone's excited about. My provocative question up front, though, is um, it's been going gangbusters. Has podcasting peaked? I, I would say this, Paul, I think it's only just begun. I, I think that everyone thinks that um, podcasting is as simple as let's get a microphone and have a chat and it's a podcast. Um, to our previous conversation, I think that the world of audio on demand or podcasting in whatever form you want is only about to grow, be challenged. I think we're seeing a lot of different things come out of the US uh, and I think Australian audiences really, are, as we invest more and more, is it uh, basically becomes a medium where um, CMOs and other people are spending more money knowing that it's a trusted medium to get their message across. I think we're going to see greater investment and with that greater investment, we're going to see more opportunity. So I I look at it like this to say, if there's 9.4 million Aussie uh, streamers at the moment, audio streamers, there's around about 3.5 million podcasters. The only thing is upside for what we're doing with listener because if you come in to stream your favourite radio show and you discover a podcast or you come in for a radio podcast and then you start to become a podcaster, what we do know is that once you become a podcaster, it's pretty hard to kick the habit. So on that basis, I think it's just the beginning. Uh, they tend to be longer form, don't they? Like they're sort of at least, well, this one, where we're at least 30 minutes, we're probably running 40. But um, some of them, you know, an hour is fairly standard for a podcast. That's that's a lot of time spent for, from a, for a set of ears, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think... Um, we uh, very rarely make a podcast like the US that will go for two hours. Um, if you do listen to some of those, it's probably- They can talk though, can't oh, they, Grant? 15 minutes of telling you what they did last night. So <laughs> yes. I, I think the Australian audience is pretty savvy and we spend a lot of time understanding what the ideal length is of different genres of podcasts that we create. And this has been one of the great things that we did with Listener. We could understand mood states, need states together with the ideal length of different genre podcasts. So- um, hence the birth of the shortcast or the shorter podcast. And I don't think, I think for depending on what you're trying to deliver will depend on, depend on the length. Um, and to assume that someone's going to give you 90 minutes of their time, they've got a lot of other things going on. So you've got to be pretty true to the fact that it's about the user first. It's about the listener and what do they get and respecting that. So shortcasts were born out of some development with listener. Is that what you're saying? Is it understanding yeah. what was going on there? And what is a shortcast versus a podcast? Yeah. Well, basically all a shortcast is, is a short podcast, but it's, it's under 10 minutes. So what oh, right. we realized is that for those groups that um, want information, they don't have time. They're not going to sit through a 25, 30 minute podcast to get what they need. They have um, a, a shorter attention span. They want to get as much news or information in a shorter period of time. 
So we'll create them podcasts that are basically tailored for that need. Equally, if you're into true crime, you don't want that in under 10 minutes. You'll happily sit down and listen to three or four episodes and get the story. So we just understand the different need states and and have created that based on that. So that's really where we're heading. For our listeners, which are obviously lots of marketers and uh, agency types, what has been the biggest change in podcasting the last couple of years, Grant, and what should they expect in the, in the coming year or two in and around the podcasting um, sort of area? Yeah, I think what we've seen over the last few years is this real change in branded podcasting. And I say that as branded, as respectful, um, really branded content was all the buzz there for a while. But what they've realized is that they can now get involved, brands can get involved in more authentic storytelling um, with really nice editorial policy so it engages an audience. I think the podcast audience is pretty savvy these days. It, pardon my language, but it, 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 it can point out shit pretty quickly. So it, it kind of like knows when it's being sold to. So authenticity is really, really important. And I think what we've found with certainly the brands we've worked with over the last couple of years, we've been able to grow that area quite substantially and through a variety of different executions. So that's been really good to see happen. I think we um, have seen comedy just go from strength to strength in podcasting as we have through COVID, health and well-being. That's another area. But I think the great thing is about what podcasts can offer is that captured audience. And the way we deliver a bespoke advertising campaign means that we're getting great results for clients because they are the single message within the podcast. So to you, the listener, it's an authentic delivery of the message by the host and the results we're getting from return brands has been outstanding. So a couple of things, we're seeing brands now embrace podcasting, but secondly, our premium approach to advertising has been very, very successful for us. Final one for you, Grant, is um, how do you expect, you touched on it right at the start, but what do you see the growth in listener podcasts in the next couple of years? Uh, You talked about 3.4 million, I think, currently uh, of the 9 million streamers. Uh, Will it be that ratio or do you think you'll close the ratio? There'll be more podcasts uh, versus streaming. I'd like to think that we can actually grow that to over the next couple of years to probably grow a couple of million. And, And that's more as a podcasting as a general industry. I think um, the industry still has to do a lot of work. I mean, the ranker was created to help start to get that going. But I think as, I'll go back to my earlier point, as we can commercialise in new ways and more meaningful ways, there will be greater investment. And the greater investment we have into premium quality content will be what will drive podcasting. And if you can discover it easily by coming in for something else and you become a podcaster, then that's the great outcome. So if we could grow it to 5 million, 6 million in the next two years, I think it would be outstanding. That's a pretty good number. Two, uh, two final questions for Grant Blackley, one for Dave, and then we're going to wrap it up. So for you, Grant Blackley, first question is, um, where or when is the tipping point uh, from digital to broadcast in your business uh, or in, in the audio business? We could go at, at a category level, if you like, a sector level. I think at a category level, I would be surprised if over the next 18 months to two years, we don't see a tipping point where people are more engaged on an IP-enabled device than they are on a linear. Does that mean engagement and, and what about numbers? I think that's in pure numbers. We monitor music stream or streams of our radio. We'll monitor streams of all of the products. And I think, you know, we're becoming uh, a digital savvy uh, audio community in a, and fundamentally, you know, you would expect that that will be on the rise. Um, so this is opening up a new channel of revenue um, for the industry, um, for those who get it right, for those who adopt an early... Um, you know, view into the marketplace as we have. So I think 
somewhere in the next couple of years we're going to see that tipping point and linear linear listening of radio through traditional advice, uh, devices will always be important. But we are naturally not growing that community. So li- time spent listening effectively is about the same. Um, overall listening is growing with the population. It's not regressing at all. But they're consuming it through a digital-enabled IP device. Great. You're a regional player as well. So uh, shortcasts and, and some of your content, how does it play in local markets? Does it play in local markets? Yeah, very good question. Well, firstly, listener is for all Australians. And secondly, I think throughout uh, the regional centres across Australia, they're actually, through one thing or another, starting to lose their voice. And we want to make sure that they have a voice. And by offering these shortcast news and information services, what we believe is that all of a sudden they now have a voice. So whether it's the local crime watch that Dave talked about, or whether it's the locals guide, or whether it's news and information, it's tailored for them and their community. So we think that will grow over time. We think that local communities will know that this is a destination where they can talk about what's going on and we think we'll add to that um, whole shortcast selection that will become available. So it's still very personal to Dave's point, but it reflects everyone and that's what it should do. How many do you think you'll produce in a a week or what's the ultimate aim here in, in terms of the number of shortcasts you produce? Um, well, we have shortcasts across, uh, not only throughout our, uh, regional broadcast areas, but equally we'll then start to look at them over time into our metro areas. Then we have the listener podcast team that create shortcasts. So we've been working on those for the last two or three years with different trials to understand what these short, um, podcasts do to driving longer podcast series, which have been very successful. So we'll add to those. So I think we'll probably see us probably make anywhere between 60 to 100 of those over the next six months. Good numbers. The final question then is to Dave Cameron. The bigger picture, Dave, here in two years' time, three years' time, content consumption and audiences, what does that look like in a a couple of years? We've heard sort of Grant's prediction of the tipping point, um, but what is consumption, what does it sense to you like it's going to land? Look, I think uh, the the trend continues in terms of um, audiences wanting what they want when they want uh, and – uh, us delivering that in a timely way rather than them waiting for it to be broadcast, I think we'll um, naturally continue to uh, to reach that that tipping point. Um, and I also think quality of um, quality of podcasts will continue to rise as well. And what I mean by that is you know podcasting has been a bit of the wild west um, for uh, several years, but I think the rise of premium audio content, uh, will continue to uh, to the rise to the top. Paul, it'd be remiss of me not to say at the end that you know we have great faith in the audio market. Um, I think it'll be one of the highest growth markets in media over the next five years, and I think everyone knows that that we are becoming more audio savvy and we're leaning into audio products, um, you know, across every part of our lifestyle. So I actually think there is what's underpinning here is that there's a split. A, a, a space for a lot of people to play. We want to be the leader in that category, but we are playing in an expanding market. And as we mentioned before, we think that active streamers will will double effectively from 40% to 80% by 2024. I don't think anyone will debate that outcome. It's what share of the pie we can take along the way. So, you know, we, we think this is a very exciting venture. Um, there are many, uh, many people who have created this success uh, in the business uh, as I mentioned, 190 people have been contributing to this. Um, you know, behind the scenes, we accelerated that through COVID. It gave us an opportunity to actually double down 
and develop our content and our our digital posture on the way through to finally get to this launch. But, you know, in the future, customers of ours and listeners will be able to open up with some shortcasts, uh, fundamentally listen to their favourite radio show, uh, move across and listen to some mood music, uh, take in your podcast uh, and return for drive on uh, on Triple M thereafter. So what you've got is a, a world of audio that hasn't existed before and what we've done is lay the foundations or connectivity in a very easy manner for our consumers. Great way to finish uh, with this curveball question right at the end. How many listener users will you have in 12 months' time, Grant Blackley? Another question I won't answer, but it was a wonderful question. Thank you very much. Well, uh, Grant Blackley, Dave Cameron, Grant Cottle, good talking, and I really look forward to seeing how this thing uh, rolls out because um, it's big in my view. I've seen it. It's a beast. Catch up in a couple of months. Thanks, gents. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's moi. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Listener.